Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brooklyn Storm, and I am so pleased that you're here uh, joining me today. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Today's episode was actually inspired by a conversation that I had with a coaching client of mine this morning that I've been helping with her private practice. And, uh, you know, it was just so interesting and all the pennies dropped and I just thought, oh, this is so good. It's so juicy and so powerful. Of course, I have to share it with everybody. Um, So what happened? Well, this is the thing she was saying to me, like one of the things we've been working on was simplifying her booking process so that it made it really easy for clients to get started working with her. So we've done things around her sessions and packages and pricing and um, onboarding and automations and, you know, all the things. We've been doing that and it had been we've been working on this for maybe two months now because she comes once a month. So it'd been maybe two months and today was like the third month. And uh, I was quite surprised when she said, oh, you know, I'm still struggling with this. And I thought, okay, so I wanted to go back over all of our strategies and we had all of them in place, but something just wasn't feeling right for her. And so we thought, well, let's have a look at some mindset stuff. So we did a little bit of mindset stuff. And yes, there was a little bit of that going on, but it was about halfway through our conversation, actually when we realized that she doesn't actually want any more one-to-one clients. (laughs) And yeah, this is the interesting thing. So what had happened was a few sessions ago, she'd said to me, hey, you know, I want to make some changes in the business and I think I want to increase my fees because it's been a long time since I've done that, but I've got blocks around it. Um, And we did that. And then she had a slump in inquiries and she was thinking, oh, it's because I raised my fee. But you and I both know it's got nothing to do with whether or not you raise your fees. Your clients are your clients are your clients. They're never going anywhere, right? So anyway, we processed um, you know, beliefs and, and things around that. And that was helpful to an extent. And then, yeah, coming back today <laughs> saying, yeah, maybe it's a strategy, maybe that's off, but guess what? Everything is a combination of the masculine and the feminine. So when we're only looking, looking at things through the lens of the masculine, we're just looking at, well, is the strategy um, cogent? Does it make sense? Is it easy? Uh, does it work? Um, what's the onboarding process like? What's the conversion process? like or all of those things in place and they are then the next thing to look at is that feminine side right and that feminine side is about relationships connection intuition beauty joy um what else love all nurturing kindness creativity flow uh not having a plan being very very flexible all those kinds of things and so we started to lean into that a little bit more 
And of course, that led us into that space of, you know, intuition, talking about intuition. And it was when we're having that conversation that she realized, oh, wait, I don't actually want more one-to-one clients in my diary. And, you know, it was such a big light bulb moment. And the reason that she didn't want that was because she really does want the time to work on her business. She's got big things happening in the next few months and she wants, she really wants to focus on that. And she and her partner are spending a lot of their time and energy focusing on that. So there was this other part of her that was kind of resisting inquiries and resisting new bookings and and resisting. So that was the bit that was feeling out of place, not the strategy. And I thought this is so true. And it really speaks into what we speak about on this podcast around uh, shadow values, especially, you know, her value at the moment or her driving shadow value at the moment is she wants time freedom. And she was wanting that space in the calendar. She wants an empty space in the calendar so that she could just sit down at the computer and do the work on the business that she wants to do without having the disruption of, oh, I've got to stop doing this because I've got a client at 11. Um, So anyway, I just thought this was a really wonderful example to share with you about the importance that shadow values play on our the way we show up and the things that we experience in our private practice. It's like, although our ego mind and our logical mind is like, ah, oh, where are all my clients? We also have our soul and we have that energy that's saying, hang on, it's more aligned for us to focus on this other thing in the business at the moment. And that's where we want to be. So every time you try and pivot me back to getting a client, it's feeling yucky. Like we could have come up with a hundred strategies for her to book an ex-client and none of them would have felt right because it's at her core not what she wants in her business right now she's wanting spaciousness right now so that she can focus on these other things that do feel aligned and this is the thing isn't it as soon as you get that feeling in your business that something's off it's because it's out of alignment it's because something actually is off and so if that's you and you're thinking hmm this doesn't feel right this feels hard Uh, I want to resist this I want to push back on this I want to push against this thing that's a sign for you that that thing is just not meant for you but it's it also gives you clarity right here's the thing you're not confused you might be confused about oh like she was you might like my client was you might be confused about geez you know what I'm doing all of the things and the strategies just not working you might be thinking about that but at the same time if your energy is not on board and your energy is not in that same place it's not aligned then you have clarity about what you do want there's always um you know when we when there's a problem in the business the solution is all always available simultaneously and it's the same here whenever something goes wrong with the business or there's a hiccup or there's an obstacle or something's just not feeling right you have access to the solution in that same moment right both sides presented to you at the same time so if you're only seeing one side now's the time to be aware of that and pivot and say okay what's the other side what do I want to do what would feel aligned what would feel right for me 
So I thought that that was super interesting and I wanted to share that with you because I know even in my business sometimes, like at the moment, I'm getting ready for a launch. So I've made you something and I'm really super excited about it. I've only told one other person in the whole world about it and I I just can't wait to share it with you. Uh, I was going to do like this big fancy launch and I had a launch theme for it and, you know, my theme was going to be like the Wizard of Oz because I thought that was really cool because we'd have a yellow brick road and it would have heart and knowledge and courage and, you know, from Tin Man, Scarecrow and, and Lion. I thought it would have Glinda the Good Witch. Like I I could really use this theme so well for my business. It took me ages to think of it as well. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to design a whole theme around the idea of the Wizard of Oz and the, the Emerald Castle and the Ruby Slippers and stuff like that. And then it all just got too much and it got too heavy. And then I changed my mind and I thought, no, I'm going to launch it to something else. And the other thing that I was going to launch it to, which I won't say because I might still, but it was a song. And the song's a famous song. But then I told my mum, hey, yeah, I'm thinking maybe I'll do it to this song instead. My mum's like, but would other people who aren't your age understand that song? And would they even know that song? And then anyway, so it all just started to feel like too heavy and too much. And I had a big checklist that I made myself of all the things that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to have a pop-up group for this thing, um, for the launch, because you know me, I'm mad for a pop-up group, right? So I want to have a pop-up group and all those pop-up groups require a lot of time and effort because I want to over-deliver. And if you've ever been in a pop-up group, hopefully you felt like I've over-delivered. <laughs> but I do like to, um, you know, give you lots of stuff and make it really worth your time because I appreciate it's so much time for somebody to, to give up to come along to a pop-up group. So I wanted to do all of that. Then I was thinking about oh, planning my social posts and everything. And then it all just got too much and I thought, oh, I, I can't decide on a theme. I'm not happy with either of those themes now. And now I've lost the love for going and doing this big launch plan. It's all just feeling heavy. Now, I could have sat down and just, you know, forced myself to come up with, with a thing because we can all do that, right? We can all chain ourselves to the desk and force ourselves to come up with something. But I don't work like that. And so I just took myself out for the day. I just took myself out and even today, like I'm not even focusing on it today. Today, I've I've seen a coaching client this morning. Then I helped somebody in one of our groups with something with her private practice. Then I went to the bakery. <laughs> then uh, Gabe and I had a donut with some coffee, at decaf coffee, of course. And then I did a social post and now I'm recording this, right? So my whole day is yeah, my whole day for me is like nine to 12, but it's pretty much over now. But it was mostly on social stuff. Let's be honest. I wasn't really working on the business. Like you could say my social stuff is uh, working on the business in terms of my visibility, but I wasn't really working on, on the business. I haven't done anything with my numbers today or, or track them. But the point that I'm trying to make is I had to recognize for myself, this is all just feeling bigger than Ben-Hur at the moment. And that's not how I want it to feel. I want it to feel really light, easy, aligned. And I'm just not in flow at the moment. So do you know what? I'm just going to down tools until I feel inspired again. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm not even going to bother about it. Um, I've decided I will still launch my very special thing that I know you're all going to love. I will still launch that in August and hopefully it will be the first week of August. It's just the last week of July. I'm on leave. Plus I've got Dalesford Delights then. Um, and there's only two weeks until all that happens. So 
I've got to spend the next two weeks, well, I've got to, I get to spend the next two weeks just sort of preparing for leave and preparing to give all the women that joined the Dalesford Delight Retreat um, the best experience that they can. And for me, the best experience means the best results, right? So I want to make sure I put things together that are going to be guaranteed to get them results. This is my intention. So this is how I'll be doing the next two weeks. So no room in there for a launch, really. So I'm just going to not push it, not force it. But what I want to share is the feeling that I had that it was all too heavy was telling me straight away there must be an easier way and I just can't see it yet. So what I've done is I've just written down in my journal, you know, a divine source within me, show me the easiest way to launch this exciting new thing that I've got for my lovely therapist. And uh, I will just wait for that guidance to come through. And it will. And I'm really, 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 really looking forward to it. I can't wait, actually. So there's that. The other thing that I wanted to share with you, too, was somebody was asking me about private practices and niching. And, you know, should you do it or shouldn't you do it? So I wanted to share with you something that I learned way back when. And it's going to be hard to tell you this because you don't have the visuals, but you can just imagine it, right? So imagine there's a Coke machine, right? Imagine just a random everyday run-of-the-mill Coca-Cola vending machine. How many cans do you think that Coke machine is going to sell in a day on average? We're going to say 100 cans. It sells 100 cans a day. Now, what happens if I go and bring a Pepsi Coke machine and put a Pepsi Coke machine, a Pepsi machine right next to the Coke machine? What do you think is going to happen to the numbers? Is Coke going to sell less and Pepsi start to get some of the lion's share? Like what do you think is going to happen? I'll tell you. They both sell 200 cans each. I know, let that sink in. Why? I'll tell you. Because when you are going and you see a single Coke machine, you say to yourself, do I need it? Am I thirsty? Right? When you see a Coke machine next to a Pepsi machine, your psychology changes from do I need it? Am I thirsty? To which one do I want? So you're not even thinking anymore if you're thirsty or if you really want to drink. You've like bypassed that. Now you're thinking which one do I want? Now, straight away, you're going to choose, well, it's going to be Pepsi or it's going to be Coke. And both increase their numbers as a result of this okay it's very interesting I know but what I want to tell you is it's kind of similar but not quite when it comes to private practice when it comes to private practice let's imagine that we have a private practice it's a standalone private practice and it's a lovely practice it looks lovely it's very pleasing to the eye and this practice says we welcome everyone of all ages with all conditions and we deliver all types of therapy and our fee is $80, right? There's that one. Now imagine another one comes along and plants itself right next to the first one. But this one says, we don't cater to everybody and we don't do all the things. In fact, we only work with busy working mums who are feeling really anxious and they want to get their zen back. 
and we don't use all of the techniques or modalities. In fact, we just embrace a holistic approach. So we're about mind, body and spirit and we're not $80, actually we're $150. Now, which one's going to get more clients? You know the answer to this already. The one that's going to get them more clients is the one that people can say, well, that's what I need. So it's no longer a matter of do I need therapy? It's a matter of which is the right therapist for me. And so when you're there saying, you know, we welcome everyone of all the ages with all the issues and we do all of the modalities um, and we're only this price, that doesn't speak to anybody. In fact, you're going to get more clients going over to the one that says we work with busy working mums who have anxiety who want to reclaim their zen or find their zen again so that they're you know not being impatient they're not shouting at the kids and they're not biting their husband's head off and they're not doing all of the all of the things they can actually be calm and still keep all the balls in the air and we're going to do that by looking at the whole of the person uh, the whole of the person being their mind body and spirit and this is how much it's going to cost you to do it, that practice is going to get loads more inquiries and loads more traffic uh, and not just from the busy uh, working single mums with anxiety. They'll get other people going in there that say, well, look, I'm, I'm not a single mum, but I am a woman that's working. Can you see me? And that practice is going to say, absolutely, I can. And they'll get other people going in there saying, look, I don't have anxiety. I think it's something else, but I am busy. I am single and I am a working mum. Can you still help me? And I'll say, of course I can. So when you have a niche, it's not denying people services. It's making your business referable. And that's how you're going to get clients. If you can hear slopping in the background, that's Gabe drinking from his water bowl. Okay. So I just wanted to share that with you too because that came up. And something else that came up during the week was, um, you know, somebody was saying to me, how do I come up with content ideas for my social when I'm feeling like just a bit blah and I can't be creative and, you know, nothing's coming to my mind. Well, there's a couple of answers to that. First off, you don't need to be on social to get clients. It's going to work for some of you, but it's not going to be the be all and end all for others. Uh, in fact, the two main places you're going to get referrals from, honestly, are your website, which please don't do a bad website. And if you don't know if your website is, you know, air quotes, good or bad, ask for a review in one of our groups. You, I'm happy to do them for you, do them every single week for people um, because I want you to be successful in your private practice and you don't know what's missing. You don't know what you don't know, right? So it's better to get somebody to have a look at it for you. So if you're in one of my groups, you want me to have a look at your website and give you some guidance to improve it so that you can get more inquiries, please let me know. You can send me a DM about that. Uh, I've just forgotten the other thing that I was going to say. Um, but something different, because that'll come back to me, but something different that I do want to also mention is um, there's no point being in big free online communities either and submitting posts that promote your practice because nobody wants to do, nobody wants to see those posts. Nobody wants to see those posts and you've got your logo there and you've got your website there and da, da, da. no one wants to see spammy self-promoting posts. That's not going to, that's not going to be how you get yourself clients, right? You don't get clients that way. The way to get clients is to actually speak 
to the other counsellors. When you submit a post and that post has your big logo on it and says availability now and all of this sort of stuff, um, it's akin to being accosted in the shopping centre by someone who's chasing you down with a brochure or a sachet to donate something or, um, you know, to try the latest moisturiser or, you know, connect your foxtail or get the latest hose attachment. Like it's annoying. You want to cross out of the path of that person. And this is exactly the vibe that it gives off in our groups, which is why we don't in my groups anyway, don't approve promo posts because I don't want that to happen for your business. If you really want to get clients for your business, you need to show up in those groups and actually connect with people and be helpful. Share information about what you do, but do it in a non-selling way, right? We want people to know what you do. What What's an example? I'll tell you what an example is. An example that I've done is for my um, social media I changed it from my name to at the private practice coach because people still kept saying to me, do you do coaching for private practice? (laughs) Which I do, by the way, (laughs) I do. Um, And so I just thought, look, there's so many people that still don't know that I do. And I felt like I had it covered. I felt like I'd shared it in my podcast on my website I've got a work with me page on my business profile there's like information there about what I do and how I do it and who I work with and all of that sort of stuff but people were still coming to me saying do you offer this so I just thought I'll change my name to that so and you know what when I comment on things people will see that and it imprints for them Brooklyn's the private practice coach and that's what that's what I want to happen the other thing that you can do is you can be helpful to people and answer the questions so if somebody asks a question about men's anxiety and you specialize in men's anxiety be the one that goes and is really helpful don't say dm me and don't say book a book an appointment be helpful you want to build a reputation this is the problem i think so many counselors have an absence of reputation it's not that you've got a good one or a bad one it's like no one just no one knows who you are and what you do and it's because you don't engage in the groups or you're you're not sharing information or da da da. I mean, when was the last time you asked people, do you know how to refer to me? When was the last time you gave guidance about how to refer to you? When was the last time you reached out to just a random colleague in one of those free groups and said, you know, hey, at, you know, Uh, I'm trying to think of it, John Citizen. (laughs) Um, I I would love to know more about your practice. What do you do? When was the last time you asked somebody about their practice? That's what I mean. It's got to be in in counselling. A a lot of the time when we're trying to build private practices, we make it all about us and it's desperation and it's fear and it's got to fill the diary and all those sorts of things. And we want to like beat everybody over the heads with who we are and what we, we do, but we never ask others. So what I would love for you to think about is going into some of those groups And asking people, like if you see somebody comment on a post, ask them, hey, that was really interesting. I appreciated that comment and we haven't met. I would love to hear more about your practice. What do you do? Where are you based? Are you taking new clients? 
ask people this is how you're going to build those connections and then when you've asked them they're of course going to then say what about you where are you based what do you do da, 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 da. and before you know it then you can figure out how, well how can we refer to each other you know are you taking referrals what's your process what's the easiest way and this is the other thing please do not have referral forms I'll tell you why referral forms take time to fill out do not give doctors referral forms. They're not going to fill them out. They're just going to send you a letter on their letterhead that says, thanks for seeing John Citizen. That's it. You're not going to get any more information from them. Um, they're not going to be filling out your form. It's going to cost them billable time. They're not going to do it. And to be honest, if I wanted to refer you a client, but I've got to fill out this whole form on Google Docs or something, I'm just like, oh, it's too hard. And I'm going to be annoyed because it's going to take up my time. And my time's really precious right so don't use referral forms please all you want to do is just simplify your um, referral process ask a friend ask a colleague ask someone in the group hands up if you know how to refer to me and if you get people that don't know how to refer to you that's a sign that you need to do more education to our community about how, when, who, all that sort of stuff. And think about the easiest way you can make it for somebody to refer to you. Okay. So what's the, what's going to be the easiest way for me, if I've got a client for your practice, what's the easiest way for me to refer them? Do I send you a message on Messenger? Do I give you a call? Like, what's the deal? Please don't tell me I've got to email you through a contact form because you've lost me. I don't want to get caught up in delays with, you know, a contact like that. I, I want quick help for my client. So I'm not going to be bothering with people's, you know, contact me now. Here's the email. No, I want to know what's the quickest way. And I need you to tell me what the quickest way is. When you make it easy for people to refer to you, you will start to get referrals. So it's about how long is it going to take this person to make the referral? What's the easiest way for this referral to happen? Uh, what information do I need at a minimum to be able to, you know, accept the referral? But also, um, does this person know who they'd refer to me? Because there are so many practices that are so general and there is no way that you can accept every referral that comes to you. If that's what you're doing and you haven't said no, we've got an issue and it's around your professional development and it's probably something you need to take to supervision because there is no way on earth that you could accept every single ref random referral that comes to you for the simple fact that you won't be competent in the therapeutic modality that the person's requesting or needing and you won't be competent in um, or skilled up in helping with a particular type of problem. Now this happens sometimes with we see people say oh, I'm going to go and do couples counselling. Well you can, I mean we work in a self-regulated industry, you can but isn't it better to go and find out about um, you know the theory behind couples counselling or the theories the theoretical approaches how you do it the techniques the strategies the pitfalls the all the things get some supervised practice in it so you actually can develop competence in it so that when that person comes to you they're getting what they pay for 
rather than you thinking, oh, well, it's just an extra person in the room. I, I can handle an extra person in the room. That's very different to couples counselling. So if you're accepting couples for counselling, but you haven't got the training, then you're not competent in it, technically. So maybe don't do it. I don't know. This comes up, this is a a sticking point for me as well because I really, I see it so much in our communities, like we get so upset about people calling themselves counsellors who don't have a qualification. Yet at the same time, there are counsellors calling themselves coaches without a qualification. And it really bugs me because I think you, you're just doing that because like counselling, coaching is self-regulated. But how do you think the coaches feel that you're calling yourself one without having done the degree or the diploma or the qualification. It's really offensive. But also, how would you feel if you were a client and you'd been going for coaching and then you find out down the track that your coach was never qualified to work with you in that capacity, right? It's a problem. And it's also a problem for you with your insurance. Like if something happens, I don't know, if something happens, you're not going to be covered because you don't have a qualification in coaching. So if you have on your website, hi, I'm a counsellor and a coach, delete coach unless you can back it up with education and qualification around it because the skills, the techniques, the strategies, all those things are very, very different to what you learn in counselling. You might not think that they are, but it's true, they are. So different things to work on different things and with this idea of like um uh I don't even remember how I got onto that with the counseling coaching for example you know counselors they're so big on you've got to be in a membership body and you've got to be ethical and da 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 yet at the same time they'll go and say that they provide a service that they're not qualified to provide that's fraud you can't do that and you shouldn't be doing that. And I would really encourage you to have have a real think about if it's something you want to do, where can you go to get the qualification? I'll tell you where I went. I got four qualifications in coaching. I did um, life coaching, energy coaching, spiritual coaching, business coaching. And uh, I went through authentic education with Ben Harvey and it was such a fantastic experience. I learned so, 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 so much. I still go there and for all my PD for coaching and I just really loved it because it was very, I think the, the name of the business is Authentic Education and I loved it because it was very heart-centered and that really resonated with me and my style and how I want to work with my clients. And so now I'm in a position where I can draw upon counseling skills, psychology skills, coaching skills, energy skills, because I, I have those qualifications to back me, okay? Anywho, the other thing that I wanted to say was I know I've seen some posts about people um, just starting their private practices and that's so exciting. If that's you and you're somebody who's just starting your private practice, there is um, a free private practice planner that you can get when you're a member of the Diploma Counselor Society. Um, for those of you who are already members, that's available to you in your portal. You can go and grab that anytime and that will help you get set up. It's also in Private Practice 101. Um, if you don't want to be in the Diploma Counselor Society but you'd like to grab the planner, you can. It's 37 US dollars and it's available on the Etsy store called Hey Therapist. Um, the Diploma 
Counselor Society is a membership and it's 17 Australian dollars per month to be in that. Okay, so lots of juicy stuff today. But just to loop back to what we were talking about at the beginning, if something's feeling off for you in your private practice, the there's a really good chance that the answer is also being shown to you at the same time. If you can't see it, walk away from what you're doing. Give yourself some space. Um, doing some movement will help get the energy flowing and, and going, but also just distracting yourself and doing something completely unrelated can allow you space energetically to receive that little drop in, that little insight, that little download um, for the solution, for the answer. It's so exciting. I love it so much. Um, If you haven't been over to Instagram lately, do head over and have a look. We've got some really good conversations going over there at the moment. My handle is at the private practice coach. Uh, So yeah, love for you to be part of those. And if you have any requests for podcasts, please send me a DM on Instagram or a messenger or on Facebook, whatever you like, and let me know. Um, and I will add it to my list for you because I would love to give you uh, content that is going to help you create more success in your private practice by releasing the things that are no longer working for you and creating space for new things to come in. Okay, sound good? Good. (laughs) Okay. Have a beautiful day, everyone. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.